You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Well, Doug, if I see you and Cordell beyond the greatness of the UFL, I'm thinking Hail Mary passes. We're in Minnesota. <laughs> that miracle that occurred here in Minneapolis, was that a Hail Mary or a blown tackle? I would say a blown tackle. That's not a Hail Mary. A Hail Mary, although you can describe it as a Hail Mary because it was a prayer. Um, <laughs> but the, the label came back in Roger Stallback days to Drew Pearson, and that was, that was actually just a go route. And that was right here. This that was, was the side of the well. Met. They knocked yeah. it down. They put up the small. And something go. I thought a flag went flying out on the field for offensive pass. And if it was an orange or something went flying by, something yellow, <laughs> something orange. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that, that was amazing. And I still, the one point that I bring up about that, why didn't he catch the ball and just dive for the sideline? It, it, mentally, initially, initially, you've yeah. got no timeouts. There's 10 seconds to go. You're catching the ball with probably about three or four seconds. You are just solo-minded to get out of bounds. And when the tackle was missed, did he just happen to realize that was the safety and there was nothing left? Because if that's what he's realizing, he turns up field. If the safety doesn't run into the corner, the corner will chase him down because he's got momentum. So if I think he made a mistake by turning up field. It's funny when you say that. I was sitting on the sofa and I'm watching the game. And so I'm saying to myself, you know, they're, they're trying to throw these out routes to buy, you know, get a little more space so they can give Forbath the opportunity to kick it through the uprights, right? So the first time he ended up missing Thielen going across the middle of the field, which you couldn't hit him because it was covered two. He catches it. He has to split the difference and score a touchdown. The next time he tries to throw it to the right side, he misses it. And he goes next time and he ends up catching it. But I didn't necessarily see the catch. All I saw was, was Marcus Williams miss him. He kind of saw it and kind of looked, Diggs looked inside. And when he looked inside, he had his hand on the ground. And I said to myself, he better hurry up and get out of bounds. Yeah. But then after he took about five steps, I'm like, there's no one left. I'm like, unbelievable. Now, of course, our Hail Mary passes will forever be remembered in sports. That one play, I probably cramped and I wasn't even outside <laughs> because I was screaming so loud in my living room. And I just remember my moment. I was cramping when I saw that. But that one play probably was the most unbelievable play in field. In a time in which a play should have been made, and it wasn't, but the one that was, was the one that got this team to an NFC championship. You know, it was was amazing to to see that happen live right in front of your face while you're watching an intense game and all you're thinking is field goal, all you're thinking is field goal, and then bang, the game's over. Right. Um, For me, my childhood memory was... was, Terry Bradshaw with Franco Harris. Macular reception. Yeah, I left the room, and my brother starts screaming, and I had to come back in to see the replay, so I blew that one. And that's why we love football so much. Chatting with our friend Doug Flutie, joins us courtesy of Epson. Among your many achievements, longevity really stood out in your career. Are you blown away like the rest of us by what Tom Brady's doing because he's showing no signs of slowing down at the age of 40? It doesn't surprise me. I was around Tom for one season. I played till I was 43. I had my pizza, I stopped at McDonald's, I ate pancakes for breakfast, whatever, right? Tom has been meticulous about his diet and about his approach to the the whole sports science thing today. I mean, that was a, my generation was before that. I kind of, at the end of my career, I saw the guys around me starting that stuff. And I saw a difference in Drew Brees overnight. I saw a difference in Tom. Um, And his, the, the thing that amazes me to play this long for him is what's his motivation 
He's won championships. He's a, how do you stay motivated on a daily basis to go in there and grind 12 to 14 hour days, prepare and compete the way you do? Uh, having already had all the success that he's had, his wife makes more money than he does, and he doesn't need the money. So, I mean, that's the, the amazing thing is the motivation behind it, not the physical part of it. Tom, as long as he can throw, he can play till he's 50 because he, he'll be able to throw the football. Just think about the, the, the competitive spirit that you have. And, and with that, what you just said, and you put it in perspective to, to try to think that you want to, even in your prime, to accomplish at least half of that. If you just think back on it now, is that the most unbelievable achievement that we've, just say when he's done, that mm. we could ever, ever experience? I mean, there's many other athletes that's been great, but this is what he's doing right now and all the uh, transformations that he's creating. He, just think about the evolution of the game. I mean, you're talking about maybe, what, two different decades of, of changing of the games to the point where he's still relevant? And doing it on a high level. The world of RPO has come into play. Yeah. You know, the athletic quarterback, the spread offenses, although we he's fast. We, we were too soon. Yeah. You yeah. were too soon for sure. I had I your time, Courtney. Oh, yep. oh, my jeez. That's a shame. I, mean, oh. I got a taste of it in Canada for eight years and really rekindled my career when I came back and all that. But to, to see Tom do what he's done and to do it with the personnel that he's done it with. His go-to receiver is a tight end or a running back. He doesn't have these all-pro Antonio Brown-type guys that are dominant in the league. It's like, just give me some quality guys that I can trust, and let's go, and I'll go to battle. And he finds ways to get it done. Chatting with Doug Flutie joins us on behalf of Epson. Given your time with the Patriots, is there another side of Bill Belichick that we don't see? What's he like when the lights aren't on? Uh, Bill is funny. Bill is he has got a dry wit to him. And uh, he's a joy to be around off the field. I think um, when he actually Linda Holiday, his girlfriend, she has really socially brought him out as of the last 50, whatever it's been, 15 years. I don't know. And Bill, uh, Bill and I have been going to Bon Jovi concerts together for 30 years. So, <laughs> well, you're uh, living on a prayer. Clearly. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, I said this in an earlier interview. We were at the, a Bruce Springsteen concert at Foxborough and Bill's criticizing Bruce's playlist. I love that. It's like, come on, play the good stuff. When is he going to get I got I got to get bit down to the office. It's, so he's, he's great. He's fun to be around off the field. He's just very close to the vest. He's not going to give the media anything. He does, And it's not because he wants to keep it from the media. He wants to keep it from the opponent of anything that might come out. So when you look at this game that we have coming up, uh, we just talked about everything about New England, of course, and it's, it's all greatness. I mean, you can't add another superlative to it to justify it. Is it going to be one of those Hail Mary type plays uh, in a sense or a Hail Mary type game that's going to allow Philadelphia to have a chance in this? I think Philadelphia is going to have to make those big plays, uh, you know, and it just you're going to have to have an 80 yard touchdown or, or a punt return or a kick return or something um, because New England is so consistent and comes at you from beginning to end and just methodically finds a way to win and uh you know it'll come down the four you know new england has not been a dominant explosive team they just win football games you know it's not like they're blowing people out by 30 points so you have to anticipate anticipate a close game quick thought about college football we've seen you on the nbc telecast what are your impressions of baker mayfield there have been comparisons with the playmaking ability and let's just say he's not the tallest quarterback in the history of college football uh Love him. I love his competitiveness, the way he, he makes plays when the game's on the line. Um, 
still there's a learning curve from in the pocket, but he's smart. He's a smart guy. I've talked to the coaches, uh, talk about him, meet him at, at Heisman Week. Um, that's the part that separates. There's a lot of guys with athleticism that can be successful in college just running RPOs and running the option or taking off and scrambling and making plays. That's all a bonus, but it's only a bonus if you can win the game from the pocket. And you got to start there, and, and then that's the variable to give defenses a fit. And I think he's that type of kid. I think he's smart enough. You've got to learn to check protections, read coverage, deliver the football on time. you got Jay, you know, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, you have Sam Darnold. I like Baker Mayfield. I'm a huge on this show. I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. Is he more competitive? And, and remember, coming from Texas Tech and also in Oklahoma, he was a walk-on. I mean, he didn't. He had to earn. You know how it is. Love with that about people. him. And that's why that's what gravitated me towards him. He seems as if he's the most complete quarterback. Not in the sense of high. Not in the sense of the typical stature that you need to go by. Long arms, big hands, tall, and yeah, yeah and all mm. that stuff. The kid just knows how to play the game, but most importantly, he plays like a big man and most accurate, I would say, amongst all the other quarterbacks I just mentioned. I love the fact that he's taken that route and had to fight for every opportunity. Those are the guys that have a chip on their shoulder and fight their tail off long haul. Tom Brady, disappointed in where he was drafted in the NFL, carries that chip with him to this day, and it motivates him to to, to be yeah. who he is. And you need a little edge. The, it's you against the world. Okay, I'll show these. And I think that keeps guys motivated. Finally, you teamed up with Epson again this year. What can you tell us about that partnership? I've uh, been with Epson now for three years. Uh, I'm a small business owner. They have office products that, that just make you more efficient within the office and more productive. And uh, the printers, to be able to do printing in-house, whether it's signage, postage, you name it, uh, you're saving money and you look for that in every opportunity as a small business owner. Uh, the new product is uh, Fast Photo, which scans photos in less than a second. And uh, it's uh, a game changer from that standpoint. And for me, the thing I like to talk about are ink cartridges. Everybody hates in an office changing ink cartridges. Yeah. And it happens all the time. You walk over, it's out of ink. You walk away and let somebody else deal with it. Uh, with the eco tank, you can go up to two years without having to change a cartridge. That is a good value two proposition. Years. <laughs> a winning formula from a Heisman Trophy winner. Thank you, Doug. Always good right. to see you on Radio Row. Appreciate it. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.